most important stop of the day returns for your NASCAR betting needs. This is the Money Stop. He's Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. And a little bit of the case of deja vu here, Cole, from Pocono last year to Pocono this year. I guess the difference is Denny Hamlin not disqualified this time. Denny Hamlin, a winner technically at Pocono for the second straight year. Second straight year where he made a move to drive a car up the track. It was almost like a mirror image of what he did to Ross Chastain last year. This time, the money man himself, Kyle Larson, was the victim. Uh, that wound up costing our betters some money. So obviously, I'm not very happy about it. I have my Kyle Larson shirt on right now. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, this was a, a race filled with calamity. This was a Pocono race that, for me in particular, I just felt that there was a, I felt like there was a lot more calamity in this race than a lot of Pocono races in the past. Yeah, I love this one. I think since NASCAR started doing the double headers at Pocono in whatever it was, 2020 or 2021, the on-track product has really improved, and I think it's been incredible. And what we saw at the end there with Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson uh, definitely rubbed me the wrong way, just seeing as it happened literally two years in a row the exact same uh, move, which I thought was a bit of a cheap shot. And again, I, I'm also a little bit ticked off because it did cost our betters a little bit of money. Um, we had a lot of faith in Kyle Larson. I think he definitely had the car to beat and had this thing run fairly. Uh, he would have probably won, but that's not NASCAR. That's not racing. Um, and in the end, that, that was a racing deal. So I'm curious to see how this thing translates into to Richmond. I think um, we saw a much more frustrated Kyle Larson than we have ever before, which was very entertaining for me, and I think it opened a lot of eyes in the sport and within the, within the racing world. So I thought it was incredible. I thought it was great seeing the grandstands packed. I heard that the campgrounds were also uh, filled to the brim as well. So to see Pocono thriving the way it is uh, in 2023 and the, the recent years has been nothing short of spectacular, and I hope that the uh, success continues over there for the Tricky Triangle. And hopefully soon they get that second race back. It seems as soon as they took the second race away, it's when the racing got really good there. And also, I just want to point out to uh, Denny Hamlin and and Carl uh, Larson. Those were our two picks for the win. I picked Denny Hamlin, and you picked Kyle Larson. Every time the two of us pick two drivers for the win, they end up wrecking each other. It just it seems like every time that's happened this year, that's the way it winds up. But this is the money stop presented by Kicking the Tires and Sharp Link Gaming, as you mentioned, Cole Denny Hamlin. The winner, whether you liked the move or not, he was the winner, and he was one of our favorites, and that probably won some people a good chunk of change. So we go to Richmond now, but before we shift gears there, the results from Pocono going final. Uh, finishing runner-up was Tyler Reddick. We knew this would be a, a Toyota-themed race. Uh, Tyler Reddick was one of the names we had pinpointed for a potential top-five bet. He wound up second. Martin Truex Jr. third. Kevin Harvick fourth. He was another guy we liked this week. Ty Gibbs rounded out the top-five. Christopher Bell in sixth, so you had five Toyotas in the first six positions there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. seventh, Harrison Burton eighth, Eric Jones in ninth, who was another driver we liked, and then Chase Elliott, again, man, a day where he didn't seem like they had the speed, rounded out the top ten, just rounded out with a, a pretty consistent day there. So uh, as we look through that top ten colt, that is five of our drivers uh, that we had pinpointed going into the week, not considering all the calamity and the fact that Kyle Larson Certainly should have been in the top five. But I, I think the one thing, talk about the on-track incidents, what we haven't touched on yet is the fact that this was a race really dominated by strategy. And I have to give you some kudos because you said 
Going into this past week's episode, Kyle Larson didn't have a good average running position the last five weeks, but Cliff Daniels, the best crew chief in the garage, has put him in a position to win based on the right strategy calls the last several weeks in a row, and that's pretty much what we saw. They weren't on the same pit cycle as some of the other teams, but when it mattered the most, that five car was up front. It seems like regardless of what track we go to and and where we end up, that five car, irregardless of the strategy it's on, is always a team that's going to be up front in stage three. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job predicting who would be the players in this race. And it wasn't your traditional Pocono event where it's a ton of green flag racing. Definitely had your fuel mileage strategy at play. And that's reflected in the top for the top half of the top 10. But there were also 11 cautions in this race, which is the second most um, all time. And there were 14 lead changes. And I think... All in all, we did a good job predicting the results, but more so the players as a whole. And I think that you're going to see a lot of the same players, as mentioned last week, who came to play at Loudoun and Pocono show up once again at, at Richmond, being another one of those green flag racing tracks with a lot of fuel mileage strategy at play. And I think when you go to a track like Richmond, you're going to see more of those green flag runs. You're not going to see 11 cautions like we did at Pocono, even though it is uh, quote-unquote short track. So I'm really pumped to see how this one plays out. And I think um, making this outline last night, I feel really, really good about the drivers that I, I picked out for this episode. And it should be another well-forecasted one for us over here at the Money Stop. Yeah, we go to our bread and butter. I mean, I think if we had to pinpoint between road courses, short tracks, mile and a half, or super speedways, I think our best success this year has probably come on short tracks. So we head to Richmond, where we've been already this year. And looking at our, our paint schemes of the week, Cole, nickel or dime, this is where we're going to give five or tens, essentially, to the paint schemes that are pretty much new this week. We like to give them to the usually the special paint schemes. Um, and there's not a ton of new ones, so that's why the graphic is filled with a couple of ones that are maybe returning uh, and some that have been recently rolled out but are going to be rolled out in Richmond again. So I'm going to give my dime this week to the 12 car of, of Brian Blaney. I just, the body armor car always looks so sleek. I love the two body armor bottles to the right of the 12 underneath the door. Uh, and then the yellow lines that run horizontally across the body on the red, uh, red base, and then the white on the bottom of the car. It's just a really sharp and sleek look for that 12 car. Uh, I'll give a dime honorable mention to the 45 of Tyler Reddick. It's a it's an okay design. I just love the color. Anytime you get like a nice deep cobalt blue on a car, which I believe this is some form of an Xfinity sponsored car for Tyler Reddick. Uh, I just love a cobalt blue looking car. Uh, and I love the shade on that one. Wish there was a little more design, but uh, there's a couple of other dime contenders this week, Cole. Yeah, truthfully, I don't see a whole lot this week. Um, as you mentioned, there's not many new paint schemes. I do like the 12 a lot, so I'll give a dime out to them. I'll give another dime out. I'm not sure if this is a new one or not, but it's catching my eye this time around. But the, the 41 of Ryan Priest, the United Rentals Ford Mustang, I want to say it's the same design that he's used in the past this year with that sponsor, but that blue chrome 41 is really popping off the page to me, uh, in addition to the blue, which is uh, on the bottom half of the car, trailing from behind the 41 to uh, right above that rear wheel, and then right um in front towards the nose and cutting off in the front wheel going towards the a post so that's a nice looking car uh like the 12 a lot those are my two dimes 
I'm not a huge fan of that 45. I don't like that gray design they have that kind of goes uh, behind the 45 in front of the rear wheel through the headlights. But yeah, I think the color scheme is nice. That dark blue fading into a black towards the rear where the monster logo is. And my one nickel for the week, I'm going to give out to the 20 of Christopher Bell. It's a Mac Tools Toyota Camry. Just looks awful in my opinion. The first maybe quarter of the car is a, a red, which covers the grill and the headlights. Then you have this uh, black line kind of dividing that off, going through the re uh, the front wheel and cutting through the, the first part of the 20. And then there's just a white base going from pretty much the uh, where the associate sponsors would normally be towards the front of the number and going to the back. So it just looks very basic. I wish there was more red incorporated to this car to kind of go with the Mac Tools sponsorship. So that would be my one nickel for this week. But overall, it's a very, very weak weekend for paint schemes. Yeah, I'm on the same wavelength with you as far as my dime. Uh, specifically with the 20 car, what I disliked is that you have a deep red 20, but the, it's got a black outline around it. That's so difficult to read. Obviously, we know it's a 20 car, but you can't have two dark colors. Like, you can't have a dark red outlined in a, a black it just doesn't it's hard to read it's not easy on the eyes like you got to have a bright color on a dark color or vice versa so that that was also my nickel so hopefully some better paint schemes when we shift gears next week and go to i believe michigan but uh richmond this week we will see what we got on the track as we now take it to the bank and try to make you some money going to again a type of track that's been our bread and butter this week we're going to find out the starting lineup for this race saturday at 3 20 p.m eastern time on USA Network, and again, for these types of races where there has not been as much passing as there has been at the intermediate tracks, starting lineups is going to be very important to take into consideration, along with what we have to say, which is typically coming to you before the cars hit the track on Thursday. Uh, you might be hearing this after they hit the track, so these, what we discuss here is still going to be worthwhile to, to think about, including the starting positions, but you're going to want to keep both of those in mind. Looking at Cole, the uh, odds per Sharplink Gaming and BetMGM before qualifying, the overwhelming favorite is Martin Truex Jr. at plus 375 after he absolutely dominated every stage of the race at Loudoun two weeks ago. 375, is that, that tells you everything you need to know about Truex as the favorite this week. Joe Gibbs Racing is clicking on all cylinders right now. The uh, second favorite is Denny Hamlin at plus 500, Kyle Larson at plus 600, Another Joe Gibbs Toyota, Christopher Bell at plus 800. And then how about Kevin Harvick rounding out the top five, valued at plus 900. So it's pretty much Joe Gibbs Racing versus the world this week. That's kind of the sense I'm getting coming out of the last two weeks, especially looking back on Loudon and looking at those odds there. It's pretty clear that Vegas is lying with the Toyotas this week. Yeah, these are definitely uh, justified odds. I think Martin Truex Jr., you mentioned it the last episode. I think it was Loudon, the best by far in short tracks this season. Joe Gibbs Racing has really turned it on as of late, and Richmond's been touted as a Toyota playground. So seeing three of those drivers in that top five odds is uh, definitely not a surprise. I think you look at guys like Kyle Larson and Kevin Harvick, at plus 600, plus 900, they have been two of the best drivers on these short, flat, one-mile-ish tracks this year. And additionally, uh, William Byron's also tied for the fifth-best odds at plus 900. So those six drivers in the top six odds for race winner, very, very indicative of how the racing has gone on these types of tracks in 2023. 
and you will also see that reflected in the DFS values. Those six drivers range from within, I believe it's $10,100 to $11,000, which will make it very difficult for you to craft a lineup this weekend. Yeah, this is where our value picks are going to be very important this week because the favorites are very cut and dry, very clear. And you talk about those DFS values, why not kick off, kick off our favorites category with the two most highly valued drivers? I'm going to kick it off with the most expensive, and to no surprise, that is Martin Truex Jr., plus 375 for the win, and the most expensive driver, 11,000 in Daily Fantasy, had another strong day at Pocono, another top five, and we just talked about the domination at Loudoun, and when we were at Richmond earlier this year, finished 11th and led laps earlier in the race, but that was, I think it's important to note, when this team was not clicking on all cylinders. Now they are the hottest team in the garage, no matter what track we go to, and they still ran well at Richmond last time when we were there earlier this year, but... I think they weren't at the point that they are right now in the season. But in the next-gen car, since we've been going to Richmond over the last couple of years, two top 10s between uh, two races and 136 laps led with an average finish of 7.3. And he has three wins here, last coming in the fall of 2021. He's led over 1,300 laps at Richmond. So Truex, a guy that has dominated in the short track package. I'm taking a lot of stock into that. And obviously has the the career resume at Richmond to show for it too. But a guy that I think has been the bread and butter at uh, one-mile ovals this year. You just mentioned it, Cole. Uh, One-mile-ish flat ovals like Phoenix, Richmond, and Loudoun. Kyle Larson won at Richmond earlier this year, so how could he not be a favorite? And in the next-gen car over the last couple of seasons, two top fives, over 100 laps led, and a 6.7 average finish. But this year, you look at our short one-ish mile ovals, three top fives in all three races, including the win at Richmond, over 300 laps led, plus 600 for the win. And in Daily Fantasy, he's the second most expensive driver at 10,800. So I think that if you're kicking off your lineup and it does not include either of those two drivers, you might be making a mistake. I know they're the most expensive, but I think when we get into our value picks later in this episode, you're going to understand that there are ways to overcome that high price that you're paying in Daily Fantasy. But when I'm looking at drivers for the win, I'm looking directly at those two names, basically every week at this point in the season, but especially this week. I completely agree. I think looking at this favorites tier, those are definitely the top two drivers that I would pick from for DFS and for race winner. I think you look at what Truex has done on the short tracks this year and what he's done as of late, it's nothing short of spectacular. Kyle Larson as well on those short tracks has been otherworldly, and I think he's definitely looking for redemption following that that uh, move by Denny Hamlin at Pocono. So those would be my two top drivers, I would say, for Richmond. Uh, the next best in line, it's got to be Denny Hamlin. He's obviously coming off that win at Pocono, his 50th of his career. But even more so than that, he has a 7.5 average over his last five races, which is very important to note because He's had a fairly inconsistent season. We documented that, but now he's stringing together the results, and he's also leading laps in that time, so that makes him a very deadly driver for DFS and someone worth looking at for the race win. And then as far as anticipating retaliation from Kyle Larson, I'm not worried about it. I think we see time time and time again Kyle Larson either get run over or not get cut any brakes on track for racing incidents, and he'll complain about it, rightfully so, 
but Kyle Larson's not the guy to go out there and intentionally wreck somebody. I think he's a smart driver. He knows that these things are, are very dangerous. Um, and I think at, at the worst you're going to see is a similar incident to what Denny pulled on him at Pocono. Maybe he'll he'll give him a slide job. He won't cut him any slack on track, but I don't think he's going to outright go out there and just turn Denny Hamlin for the win. So um, that's my take. I'm not really scared to pick him this week, but I would definitely venture out to pick Truex and Larson over Denny. At Richmond in the next-gen car between three starts, he has one win, two top fives, and laps led in all three races, four wins in his career at Richmond, and over 2,200 laps led with an 8.7 average at one of his two home tracks in Virginia. Again, his value for the win is plus 500, and his value for DFS is $10,500. And then for the fourth driver in our favorites tier, could have went three ways with this, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Kevin Harvick. I went with Kevin Harvick specifically for the recency fact. Um, He is riding back-to-back fourth-place finishes. This includes Loudoun, which is a very similar track to Richmond. And speaking on a short track success this year at the one-mile flat-ish ovals, top five in all-day races. And um, I think you look at how he's done at Richmond, there's been nobody better in the next-gen car. Top five in all-day races, one win, which was in this race last year, one runner-up, and he finished fifth at Richmond earlier this year for a grand 2.7 average in that span. Just absolutely ridiculous. Also, four wins at Richmond, 30 top 10s, a 9.5 career average, and over 1,200 laps laps led. Not to mention Ford's evident upswing over the past month or so. Uh, I, I just think Kevin Harvick's a great play. I think you consider guys like Christopher Bell. He has five top tens and six starts at Richmond. Also has some great results on the short one-mile flat tracks this year. William Byron's also, he led the most laps in this race earlier this year. I just don't think those teams have looked as complete as the Ford team at this point in the season. Not to mention Kevin Harvick is still in, look of his fir- still in search of his first win in 2023, and he'll want some bonus points for the playoffs, whereas Christopher Bell has some... William Byron has a bunch, so I think those guys, whereas they might be going all out and gambling on a win, I think someone like Kevin Harvick is going to be more calculated, and he's going to be capitalizing on speed that's already been there these last few weeks, so I I like Kevin Harvick quite a bit this weekend at Richmond. Yeah, it's a team that's peaking at the right time, as you said, and I think that I'm keeping it kind of in the forward stable here as we move into our sleepers category. Favorites, pretty cut and dry, Larson, Truex, Hamlin, and then again, as you said, Cole, it takes a, a bit of a step down there because you could have made the argument for Seabell or Byron, definitely names that we're keeping on our radar, and we'll probably discuss a little bit more later in the episode, but Kevin Harvick rounds out the favorites for good reason. Fords are on the upswing, and as we jump to our sleepers category, I'm picking two blue ovals, and when I think of flat one-mile ovals, I think of Brad Keselowski. In his career, has always done well at these tracks, finished top 10 at Richmond earlier this year. He has a lowest finish of 15th here in three next-gen car starts, a pair of wins at Richmond in his career with over 1,100 laps led. He's at plus 2,500 for the win, which I really think is a good value this week. Like This feels like the type of week that has been leading up to a surprise winner. I know we've had Denny Hamlin, we've had Kyle Larson, we've had Martin Truex Jr. I think that we're due for another first-time winner this week, whether it's Harvick, whether it's Keselowski. 
uh, who's valued at 8,600 in daily fantasy, a really good value in my opinion, or my next driver, Ryan Blaney, who would be a second time winner this year. But nonetheless, historically, he has not put up good results at Richmond, but slowly and steadily, he's kind of becoming one of those drivers that we start to think of on these one mile ovals because he's kind of been on something as of late here. All three of his top tens at Richmond came within his last four races here. So he's on the upswing at this particular track. Finished top 10 in both Richmond races last year in the next-gen car. 26 this year, so obviously ran into some trouble. But you look at a similar track in Phoenix that Blaney's always been good at. Finished runner-up earlier this year. Ran around the top five all day in Loudoun. And that 12 team seems like they're probably on their most consistent stretch of races over the last several weeks, maybe month-and-a-half stretch. So I like what I've seen out of the Ryan Blaney bunch. Plus 2,000 for the win is also a very solid value. 9,000 in daily fantasy is a, a little bit of a steep price, but I think it's good if you want to go for one of the, the lower-priced Tier 1 drivers, like, say, a Kevin Harvick, who's 10,100, uh, or, a, again, one of those guys that's in the same price range. Blaney's a guy who can fit into your lineup and maybe take two kind of Tier B drivers instead of taking the Truex or Larson approach. So, I like Blaney a lot this week. I like Brad Kay a lot this week. Um, and in general, I think we're on the same page that we like the Fords this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think both are a good call. I think when you think about the second Richmond race, Brad's certainly a guy that comes to mind. He's I think his last win came in 2020 in that fall race. Obviously running it a bit earlier this year. But regardless, this is a driver that has always done very well on those short, flat tracks. So... BK is always a good call for DFS. Uh, I think you were very right in mentioning um, if we do get a surprise, or not surprise, but a first-time winner this week, I, I really see it coming out of BK or Kevin Harvick. I think those are my, my top two guys. I think we've been saying that all year pretty much, waiting for one of them to break out and get that first win. But um, nonetheless, I think that BK and Ryan Blaney are great picks. I will also keep it in the Blue Oval camp and shift to... Ryan Blaney's teammate, Joey Logano, and inconsistent results aside, he has definitely turned a corner performance-wise. He has led laps in the past three races this season, riding a two-race top 10 streak at Richmond. He also had the most laps led there in the fall race last year, and he has a 10th place average in those three next-gen starts at Richmond. In all two wins at Richmond, last coming in 2017, he has a 60% top 10 rate and a 10.2 average finish. His value for the race win is plus 1,300 and 9,700 for DFS. I like those odds a lot this week for Logano. I just like where this team is at, where it's trending. And it just seems like this team is peaking into form. Similarly to what we saw with Kyle Larson about a month ago, you're not seeing those dominant results and displays quite yet but he's definitely there making his presence known. And when you look at this sleepers tier, you certainly could put other drivers in there maybe, but I think you're looking at those 10 place drivers and drivers who can contend for the win. And Logano is definitely in that vein for the final driver in this tier. I'm going to go with Ross Chastain, which might be a bit of a stretch. I think he's the next best driver up when you consider what I just said about what we value as sleepers on this show. He's coming off his best finish since his win at Nashville, which was a 13th at Pocono. And I think this should give that team a bit of confidence going into Richmond, seeing as he did finish third here this year, and he led nearly 90 laps between the last two races there. So 
maybe not as confident as Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, or Joey Logano, but the equipment's there. I think they're they have some good mojo coming out of Pocono with that 13th place finish, and I look at this to be a back end of the top 10 play. His odd for the, odds for the race win are plus 1700, and his value for DFS is much too steep for me at $9,200. Um, honestly, he was a bit of a filler for this category. I would definitely pick Ryan Blaney at $9,000, which is $200 less than him for DFS. And I would probably pick any of those three drivers over him for the race win as well. So, again, a bit of a filler, but just going off that third place finish earlier this year and the 90 laps led between his last two starts at Richmond, I do think he's the next best driver up. But um, you want to see a little bit more consistency from that team um, to put your trust in him for DFS or for putting any money on him for a race win. Yeah, it kind of just feels like a boom or bust pick. Like, I think that a lot of people, if you were to pull every driver in the garage on the top 10, even maybe top five drivers in the sport currently, I think Ross Chastain's certainly in the conversation just based on what we've seen out of him the last couple of years. Definitely a top 10 driver, but the consistency's not there. And so for those reasons... At that price, I, I can't really justify it either. But again, if you feel pretty confidently in the recent success, that's certainly a, a pick that can be made. And I completely agree with everything you said about Joey Logano. So those were our sleepers, Brad Kay, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, Joey Logano. But as we've been touting for the majority of this episode, Cole, this is an important week for the value picks because as we go to uh, these one-mile ovals, we've had really good success with the favorites because it's been very cut and dry with Truex and some of those other names that we've discussed already. But the values are where you can really compensate for paying such a high price in daily fantasy with those names that we discussed uh, throughout this episode. But as we kick off the values, how about a guy that's been a value for us all year and has made us look smart? Michael McDowell. Finished sixth at Richmond earlier this year. And that was before, again, he was clicking on all cylinders. That's a team that has been flying high over the past month and a half. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Michael McDowell's this season, but especially this week. He had career-best finishes at Phoenix, Richmond, and Loudoun this year. So they've got that car hooked up for the one-mile ovals under this package. He is 17 points to the good in the standings. And at 5,900 in Daily Fantasy, I think Michael McDowell, with where he's at this year, uh, speed-wise, how they have looked at these types of tracks with this package and what's at stake for them and potentially a playoff spot, he should be a borderline lock in daily fantasy. I don't know about uh, the race winner odds. Maybe a top 10 could be in play. We'll talk about that later in our big money bets. But Michael McDowell, a guy that is absolutely on my radar this week, considering what we've seen out of that team this year. Uh, another name that I want to bring up for a second straight week because we pinpointed him as a value pick and a big money bet to be in the top 10, and probably should have had that right at Pocono, but he got caught up in some trouble, is Bubba Wallace. Eighth at Loudoun at our last one-mile track. Finished 11th last week, which was obviously just outside the top 10 where we had forecasted a big money bet. So we were very close to the good there. Uh, best finish, though, of 13th for Bubba Wallace uh, at Richmond in the next-gen car. That came last fall. He is plus 27 to the good in the standings, and I think you can kind of sense a trend here going with drivers that need solid, consistent runs to stay just above that playoff bubble. He's valued at 7,500 in Daily Fantasy, which is also a pretty good intermediate value there. Uh, I, I like Bubba Wallace this week. I like Michael McDowell this week. They're two drivers that have a lot on the line. I don't think you're going to see them go out and gamble for the win. 
Uh, they're two that are not going to go out and sink your lineup. I especially like them if they have spotted, uh, starting spots that are deep in the field because uh, the potential for place differential, guys that want to place, uh, have a good points day and place definitely in the top 15, but especially gain stage points and finish in the top 10. Uh, I, I like what those two drivers are racing for this week. Yeah, I would venture out to say these are both locks for DFS, in my opinion. Michael McDowell's been a top 10 car the last, I would say, month or so. And seeing as they f- have career best finishes at Phoenix and Richmond earlier this year when they were not even close to their best, I think that speaks volumes, especially speaking on that sixth place finish at Richmond earlier this year. So love Michael McDowell. I think you think of Bubba Wallace. Um, again, that's also a team that was not even close to being at their best at this point in the season at Richmond. Uh, finished 13th there. I fully expect a top 10 day from that team as well, seeing if this is a Toyota playground. So both Bubba and McDowell, guys, I'm taking a, a long, hard look at for DFS. Another driver who I brought up at our last flat one-mile track, which was New Hampshire, was Chase Briscoe. And what do you know, he did finish top 10 in that race, so I'm going to ride the hot hand with him on the short tracks. He's been about a 15th place car at Richmond since joining the Cup Series, and his average finish of 15.7 will reflect that. Uh, He has a best finish of 11th at Richmond. He finished 12th this year, and this is a driver that he's had a lot of mixed results in the Cup Series since joining last year. And I think the one constant has been those short, flat, one-mile tracks. Case in point, his one win at Phoenix, his uh, ability to perform at those tracks. And you look at those short tracks like Phoenix, Richmond, and Loudoun, two top 10 this year, plus that that 12th place finish at Richmond. I think he's a safe bet. And you look at his value for this week at $7,100. I think that's very telling about how this team has performed on those tracks this year, just seeing as the results have not been there as a whole. So I think when you pick Chase Briscoe, you're picking him as a top 15 play, which is definitely a good gamble to make, considering their average starting spot in 2023 is about 19th. So assuming he does finish 15th, which I fully expect him to, that's a net gain of four in place differential points. So I think Chase Briscoe is another guy that you look to build your lineup around. Someone with more certainty in better equipment than other drivers in that price range. And for the final driver in the value picks category, similar to our sleepers, there's not a whole lot of value out there. It's very hard to find good value beyond those three drivers we just mentioned because there's a lot of volatility out there and a lot of drivers with not a lot of success at Richmond in the next-gen car and historically. So... I think you could look at names like Bowman, Suarez, and Busher, who were obviously in better equipment than the driver I'm about to pick, but I think it's way too much to commit for drivers in that $7,700 range to $8,100 range. So uh, the driver I'm going to go with is Todd Gilliland, Um, and I like what I've seen from this team all season. He finished 15th at Richmond earlier this year. He finished 15th again this past week at Pocono, which was his 8th top 15 of the season. And he's riding a pretty solid four-race stretch with an average finish of 17.8 in that time. So you pick Todd Gilliland, you're pretty much picking him for his value in the hopes he'll get a top 15 again. I think he's a top 20 play on a weekly basis, which is a pretty good driver for value pick. And um, again, I think you could pick drivers like Bowman, Suarez, and Busher in better equipment. I just don't like their value. I think Bowman is going to be a go-for-broke kind of guy like Chase Elliott, 
where he needs the win at this point to get into the playoffs. I think he's great at Richmond, but you just really cannot bank on him leading laps and getting that win. Um, same with Suarez, same with Busher. So I like Todd Gilliland as a sneaky good value for this week at $5,200. Got to dig deep with some of these names here because, again, with such high-priced drivers that we know are locks at the Tier A, you got to have those good values. And Gilliland, Briscoe, Bubba and, and Michael McDowell, those are some very solid values, Cole. So that was 12 drivers, four from each category, four values, four sleepers for the win, and four favorites. So we're going to take this down to six drivers. We're each going to pick one from those corresponding tiers. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson out of the favorites category. I just think that we saw such a different, candid version of him after that race uh, that we haven't seen in quite some time. And as is the case any week, he's going to be so motivated to win and we go to a track that he's already won at this year. I just think that it, it could be a, a good week for Kyle Larson. But I also said before how I think it could be a, a first-time winner this season. Uh, and I think that Brad Keselowski will be the, the driver I take from the sleepers category. He's a genuine favorite for the win that I, I really think could go out there and take the checkered flag. And out of the values, I'm going to take Michael McDowell. Just clicking on all cylinders uh, and, and trying to stretch this into a playoff run. Awesome. I love all three of those drivers. For me, it's going to be a blue oval sweep. My favorite's going to be Kevin Harvick. I think, realistically, Denny Hamlin will have the speed to lead a bunch of laps and win the race outright. But just factoring in the whole Kyle Larson incident last week, I think it's just too much for me to uh, completely put my faith in him. But again, I don't see that being a problem this week at Richmond. My sleeper is going to be Joey Logano, who I think is always a threat, specifically in the Richmond 2 races. I won't say fall because we're in the summer still. So uh, I like Logano as my sleeper, given his stats and his uh, performance on this track in the second race. And then my value pick will be Chase Briscoe. I think that team has it hooked up on the short, flat, one-mile tracks this year. And um, yeah, I think he's uh, probably one of the better values in our value picks category for this week. So give me those blue ovals. Give me Harvick, Logano, and Briscoe. So there you have it. Out of our six drivers, we're going with five blue ovals. That should tell you a lot of what you need to know here. Um, but Cole, as we get into our big money bets, there's not a ton to pick from because of how uh, Vegas, again, is, is highly prioritizing those drivers at the top. So there's not a ton of really good big money bet values. I'm sticking with the Fords, and I like the idea of uh, those drivers that we mentioned in our sleepers category to finish in the top five. So I'm looking at Joey Logano, plus 180 to finish in the top five. Ryan Blaney, plus 280 to finish in the top five. And Brad Kozlowski, plus 300 to finish in the top five. Those are three drivers that we all picked as sleepers for the win. And I would not be surprised in the slightest to see them finish in the top five. So uh, there's, I'll be honest, on BetMGM right now, our friends do not have all of the top 10 bets up for the drivers that are just outside of the top 10 in odds in terms of finishing the top 10. So there's not, as we speak, a lot of value there. And I think once they do have them posted, there's not going to be a ton of value anyway. So I'm sticking with those three drivers, the three blue ovals to finish in the top five for my three big money bets this week. Yeah. Uh, there's not many for me this week either. Just again, it's just so top heavy that there's not a lot of great values out there. Don't really like making the top three bets, but I think you look at Truex, he should be a top three play at plus 110, so just above even. Almost seems a little too obvious, which I don't like making those bets when they seem too obvious because they usually don't pan out. 
So Truex, top three, plus 110. Uh, always tread lightly with those ones. Also, Kyle Larson to finish top three, I do feel really good about at plus 180. You mentioned the Logano one, which was, I believe, plus 180 as well for a top five. I think that's a good play. Um, but for me, I think one that I would definitely consider over the top three bets I just mentioned would be Christopher Bell to finish top five at plus 100, so right at even. Um, mainly because, again, I know we didn't highlight him this episode because the results have not been there as of late, but he does have five top tens in his six starts at Richmond, and he's been one of the best drivers on these flat one-mile-ish tracks this year, so I think that top five at even for plus 100 for Christopher Bell is definitely worth looking at. Very solid stuff, uh, and we've got one more order of business. We have to look at our daily fantasy lineup recommendation here. And there's two different variations we're going to give here. So it's not exactly one uh, lineup that we're going to give, but there's a difference in drivers. So at the very top of this episode, when we were taking it to the bank, we said that you've got to lock in Kyle Larson or Martin Truex Jr. uh, in your fantasy lineup. And we have crafted a lineup with five drivers that can pair with either Truex or Larson, who were only $200 difference in value. So Pick your poison. This lineup is going to lead off with one of those two aces, Truex or Larson, who, again, one of which you've got to figure they're going to start up front and lead the most laps and probably win the race. But after that, it is the same five drivers. So uh, Ryan Blaney, I mentioned such a good value this week. 9,000 is a really good tier two driver to fit into your your daily fantasy lineup. Brad Keselowski, another sleeper, 8,600, a very good value. And then a couple of our value picks, Chase Briscoe, 7,100, uh, is our fourth most expensive driver. Or actually, he's the fifth most expensive driver because our fourth is a guy we did not mention, but has just been so consistent and is even coming off a top five finish at Pocono. And that's Ty Gibbs, valued at 8,300, which I think is a very fair value because, again, we don't highlight Ty Gibbs a lot only because he is a rookie. We don't have the bodies of success or even numbers to to analyze for him. But you're going with your gut on a guy that has shown out at every track we've gone to this year. Uh, we're not, it's not that we're not high on Ty Gibbs. That's not why we're not showcasing him. But he's a rookie. He, haven't, he hasn't put up results to this point that we can actually look into. But the fact that he's in this DFS lineup with $8,300 of value is something that is appealing to the both of us. So he's our fourth most expensive. Then Chase Briscoe. And we round things out with another guy that we mentioned as a lock. Michael McDowell at 5,900 to round out the lineup seems like a no-brainer. So I think all things considered, this was a tough week for for values for the reasons we've mentioned throughout today's episode. And considering that, I'm really happy with this daily fantasy lineup. I really am too. I think this is the lineup or lineups when you swap out Larson or Truex. Honestly, I, I try to make three variations going into each week, and I simply didn't feel comfortable doing anything besides those five drivers plus Larson or Truex. So I think this is the the lineup to go with. I think you look up and down it, there's a lot of consistency. Um, I don't think anyone in here is really going to sink your lineup. I think Michael McDowell is plus 17, finished sixth here earlier this year. He's in need of a strong, consistent day. He's been a top 10 car the last month or so. So to have him as your your Least expensive driver is uh, definitely a good thing. I think Ty Gibbs, you look at him, I know we didn't mention him, but Toyota, specifically Gibbs, they always perform at Richmond. Coming off that top five is always going to be a jolt in the arm. And then obviously you have guys like Blaney and Briscoe 
with a lot of flat short track notoriety. Same can be said about Brad Keselowski and Kyle Larson and or Truex. So keep it short and sweet. Up and down the lineup just looks really great. And this is the lineup that you're looking at for DFS. It's good stuff there. That could definitely be one that makes some money, Cole. But it's time to put our money where our mouth is. This is the fun part where we're going to pick our race winners. And I'm proud to say I have picked a winner back-to-back weeks. I went with Martin Truex Jr. at New Hampshire. I went with Denny Hamlin at Pocono, regardless of how he won. He did win, so I've, I've picked the winner back-to-back weeks. I did have the pleasure of picking first last week, and oh, by the way, you picked Kyle Larson, so we were on the money per usual. Um, but that, that is, It's two straight wins, first time either of us has clicked that off. You get to go first this week, though. Who is your pick for Richmond? Awesome. Yeah, I don't like picking drivers back-to-back. I don't like picking drivers to sweep weekends in a single season, but I think I would be foolish and ignorant not to pick Kyle Larson this week. Again, I think that team is looking for some redemption following that brutal loss at Pocono. I think he's been one of the drivers to beat next to Martin Truex Jr. on these flat one-ish mile tracks in 2023, and he's won here earlier this year. So I I like Kyle Larson a lot, and I think I'd be foolish not to pick him. And as you look at your sleepers, you're going to be looking at Ty Gibbs and down uh, in the race winner odds. Well, for my winner, there's a few directions I could go. Um, I think, as you said, you'd be foolish not to pick Larson. I would be foolish not to pick Martin Truex. I mean, he's plus 375 for the win. Um, there's a couple of gut calls I'm like between here. I have a really good feeling about William Byron this week. I've got very good feelings about Brad Keselowski. I'm very close to picking Brad. Uh, and I feel good about Harvick too, but I'm going to go with Truex just because that's the easy pick, and it's the low-hanging fruit, and I've, I've got to take that. So uh, going for a sleeper this week as I have first pick, I'm going to go with uh, Bubba Wallace. You know, he was one of our sleepers, our values this week, uh, just outside the top 15 in odds. That's another team that, as I mentioned, they know they need to have a good run here, and we've talked about the success that he has had. Um, I feel pretty good about Bubba this week. I think we've seen the glimpses that, that he's a driver that can – Go out there and win races when you least expect it. And I don't think it. we're at a point where anyone is expecting it. So why not Bubba this week? Very nice. Yeah, I'm obviously between two drivers. I think Ty Gibbs is the easy pick and probably the guy I should go with. But my gut is telling me Chase Briscoe, who I believe was my sleeper for Loudon as well. And he made me look very good with the top 10 finish. So I think I'm looking at Chase Briscoe for another top 10 day. And again, I think I could pick Ty Gibbs as the easy answer, but... Chase Briscoe, just a good gut feeling this week. Absolutely. Why not Chase Briscoe? I mean, he's won at Phoenix, so why not at Richmond too? But it's going to be another fun race. Hopefully, we'll see how this package looks. It is the Cookout 400 at Richmond, 3.05 Eastern Time on USA Network this upcoming Sunday. It's the final race of the season at Richmond. Uh, and, And again, it should be another fun one with some of the drama we have coming out of Pocono between Denny and Kyle Larson, and even some of the drivers deeper in the pack, the Corey LaJoy's and Ryan Priest's of the world. But uh, it's going to be a fun one. We're going to drop the jack here on the most important stop of the day. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you make some money off of this race with us, as we have for all of the mile ovals this year. Uh, But thank you all so much for tuning in. For Cole, I'm Steven, and we'll see you next week.